Hey, this is Matthew Lilly. Welcome to the Presence Pioneers podcast. Did you know that we as Christians are called to minister to God? Now, that might sound weird, but the Bible talks about ministry to the Lord, that what we typically associate with ministry, which is praying for one another, you know, God healing, encouraging, preaching the gospel, those kinds of things that that happen on a horizontal way, that there's a vertical ministry that happens from us to the Lord, and it's our worship. And the Bible talks about this, and that's what today's episode's all about. So stay tuned. It's going to be very encouraging and enlightening uh, for so many of you today. If you're new to the podcast, welcome to the Presence Pioneers podcast. We want to help you and your community experience and host the presence of God through day and night worship and prayer, because we believe God's presence changes everything. So we release episodes every Thursday. They're usually either a short little Bible teaching or an extended interview and conversation with a key leader in the prayer movement or a Bible teacher. But we want to help you experience God's presence to worship, to pray, to see revival and awakening. And so that's what we're passionate about here on the podcast. So please hit subscribe if you're new and keep tracking with us wherever you are tuning in. For today's episode, we have a unique episode for you. I was invited onto my friend Cassidy Campbell's platform to share with him and to teach uh, his community about ministry to the Lord. So we had this interview and conversation on Facebook Live, and I got the recording of it. I said, I want to share that on the Presence Pioneers podcast because I think it would be helpful and encouraging to you guys. So this is a recording of Cassidy interviewing me, talking to me about ministry to the Lord. So it's kind of an interview, but it's kind of a teaching. It's a unique episode today, but I think it's going to be encouraging to you guys. So without further ado, here is the conversation between myself and Cassidy Campbell on ministry to the Lord. Enjoy. Well, welcome everybody. Thank you so much for being here today. I'm so excited as we talk about what it is ministry to Jesus, what that looks like. What does that mean? What does that sound like? You know, in my own life, uh, for so many years, my wife would tell me, Cassidy, when you play just you singing and playing before Jesus, there's just something that happens that doesn't happen anywhere else. And she would tell me, that's what you're called to do. And I would laugh and say, babe, I can't do that. That's no one makes money doing that. That's that's not real life, you know. That's between me and Jesus. That's not like my job or my occupation. And little did I know the Lord was using all those years to call me into something sacred, to a space with him as a vocation to minister to him. And it's my heart and passion as we walk through these days we hear so many people asking you know, when I'm worshiping right now and it's just me and the camera and there's no audience, I realize that this is hard. And why is this so hard? And that's the heart behind uh, what we're doing today. We have a very special guest with us today, a friend of mine that I get to serve with and run with, Matthew Lilly. Matthew, he's a worship leader, intercessor, Bible teacher, ministry leader. He's got a passion for God's presence and extravagant worship and prayer. And he has this 
deep desire to see cities transformed by Jesus. He serves in the national leadership roles and worship and prayer movements like Burn 24-7 and Awaken the Dawn. And he's founded an awesome, awesome uh, Presence Pioneers in 2004. Man, you got to check this out. I, I listen to the podcast. It ministers to me. I send it to people in my uh, sphere of influence. It ministers to them. So, Matthew, welcome, man. Thank you so oh, much for being here today. <laughs> Cassidy, it's so good to be with you. Yeah, man. So, dude, just tell me a little bit about your journey into all this and then just jump right in. <laughs> sure. Yeah, I mean, I, I did grow up going to church, got baptized very young, saved at a young age. So I was in church. I started playing guitar when I was 12, about to turn 13. And so then I was in youth group and I was the guy with the guitar. So they said, you can be the worship leader. And I didn't sing and I had no idea what worship was, but I became the worship leader for the youth group and started having to learn worship songs. And God used that to draw me into worship and and really draw me to himself and uh, had a profound summer camp encounter with God right after graduating high school that really shifted my heart from wanting to be a famous rock star <laughs> to <laughs> realizing I was called to be like David to worship. And then to, at the time, it was this idea of bringing God's presence into cities, just like David carried the ark into Jerusalem. And so we just started doing this Friday night youth worship night. And then we started doing this once a year. We would do 24 hours of worship on the weekends and started discovering the day and night worship and prayer movement and houses of prayer. And yeah, one thing led to another. And I was doing this full time <laughs> and worshiping and praying and leading ministries that are worshiping and praying as my job. And so, yeah, it's just been a joy to be here in North Carolina where I'm based. Uh, we've been able to launch a couple of prayer rooms and different worship and prayer ministries, and now to serve other communities all over America, you know, through Awaken the Dawn and Burn 24-7. Mm. Uh, it's a huge honor. It's a big journey with lots of stories that I could tell, but <laughs> obviously want to want to dive into the, the focus for today. Awesome, man. So, dude, tell us, like, what in the heck does it mean, ministry to Jesus? I mean, does he sure. really need to be ministered to, man? <laughs> <laughs> Great question. Yeah, it's, it, it's a bizarre phrase for some people. I have a quote here from Kirk Bennett. I'll start with this. He says, ministering to God is the single most significant purpose for God's people. We are made to enjoy God by allowing him to enjoy us. God has always had a priestly people whose first duty and hopefully delight is to minister to him. So the premise that he puts forth is not only is ministry to God something we should do, but it's the most significant purpose for God's people. That's a pretty strong statement to make. And I actually believe that it's true. Many people don't even understand the idea of ministry to the Lord. Some people minister to God and they don't realize that's what they're doing. But that's actually what we're all called to do. I have this cool little book here, man. I just got it like a week or two ago. It's called Every Christian's Ministry. So this is an out-of-print book by a guy named Graham Truscott. It was released 1977. So this guy, Graham Truscott, was the he wrote the first book on the restoration of the Tabernacle of David in the late 60s, and he was a missionary to India. But every Christian's ministry, this is a book about ministry to the Lord. That's every Christian's 
ministry uh, is actually ministering to God. So a lot of people think you have to be called into ministry. Well, every believer and really every person, God's desire is that we would be ministers, that we would first and foremost minister to God, and then that we would minister to others. So ministry to the Lord. I, I'll throw out a scripture because like, want to show that this is a biblical idea. <laughs> Acts 13, at the church at Antioch, verse 1, 2, 3, they ministered to the Lord and fasted. And the Holy Spirit said, separate to me Barnabas and Saul for the work to which I've called them. Then having fasted and prayed and laid hands on them, they sent them away. So at Antioch, they were ministering to the Lord and fasting, and then they end up sending out the very first Christian missionaries to the nations out of this church that is focusing on ministry to the Lord. Now, like you said, does God really need ministry? Of course, God doesn't need ministry if we define ministry as helping people and encouraging people and healing people, preaching to people saving people, caring for people. So God doesn't need anything, right? God is perfect. God is holy. God doesn't need anything. So I want to make that very clear. When we talk about ministry to the Lord, we're not helping God uh, or giving him anything that he, he doesn't have in himself. Okay. But the ministry to the Lord that God's called us to give him is primarily our worship. And that's really the main thing that he's called us to offer to him. And that's not, again, it's not something he needs, but it is something he loves and he desires. And so I thought to help understand this idea biblically, I think it helps to understand the idea that we are called to be priests. And so 1 Peter 2.9 is a verse that a lot of people know, but maybe they haven't thought about. But it says, you're a chosen generation, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, his own special people, that you may proclaim the praises of him who called you out of darkness into his marvelous light. So the Bible in the New Testament actually tells us that we're called to be priests unto God. And so what does it mean to be a priest? That, again, is another another kind of uh, weird phrase, right? Like we're called to be a priesthood. I don't know. For me growing up, my thoughts about priests were Catholics. You know, I was thinking Catholic priests. Uh, and I was like, what does it mean that every Christian, the idea that every believer is a priest, that we are a priesthood as the body of Christ, this is, you know, a revelation that really was restored during the Reformation, but it's a biblical idea that we're called to be priests. And what do priests do? Priests, they interact with God, right? They interface with God and uh, they minister to God. They offer God sacrifices. That's what priests do. Uh, most of the idea of priesthood and ministry to God in the Bible is connected to Israel and the days of the tabernacle and the Levites, and they would offer animal sacrifices, burnt offerings to God, and that was their priestly activity. So they would minister to the Lord by offering him burnt offerings, okay? So that's what most of the picture you see in the scriptures of as the priesthood and as ministry to God. Now, that's not for us. We don't have to offer animal sacrifices and burnt offerings, praise God, because of Jesus, he's brought us into a new priesthood and a new covenant with him. And our sacrifices that we offer, our ministry to God is a spiritual ministry that we offer to him. And actually that, that whole section in 1 Peter 2, earlier in verse 5, it says, you as living stones are being built as a spiritual house, a holy priesthood, to offer up spiritual sacrifices acceptable to God through Jesus Christ. So we are called as a holy priesthood, a royal priesthood, 
to offer to God spiritual sacrifices. And that is our ministry to the Lord, is to offer to him sacrifices, to give him things. That is what they did in the Old Testament. That's what we're called to do in the New Testament, although now it's it's spiritual. It's not burnt offerings. It's actually our eternal purpose is to minister to God, to be priests. This is why God created humanity, and this is going to be our eternal joy and occupation forever is actually to be a kingdom of priests unto God forever and ever. So that's what we're called to do, a, a royal priesthood. We offer sacrifices. That's what it means to minister to the Lord. So uh, I have a couple of verses, some of those sacrifices that we can offer God. Like I said, it's a big picture is we're called to offer worship as a sacrifice to God. But there's a couple verses that use some of these terminology. Like Romans 12.1, it says that we offer our bodies as living sacrifices. Uh, and it says that that is our spiritual service of worship. So our lives are actually worship. It's not just the song we sing, although it is songs we sing, which I'll show in a second here, but it's not just our songs that we sing, but it's our hearts. It's our lives laid down to God. It's surrendered to him. It's who we are offered to God. And that's ministry to him. And he receives our surrender, our love, our hearts before him. And we say, God, this is for you. We're worshiping you. We're offering our bodies as living sacrifices. And um, Hebrews 13, 15 I know I'm throwing out a lot of Bible here, but it's what I like to do. <laughs> Hebrews 13, 15 says, Therefore by him let us continually offer the sacrifice of praise to God, the sacrifice of praise. And so that would include singing. That would include all the biblical expressions of praise, lifting our hands, clapping our hands, bowing down, dancing, shouting, singing, all those expressions you see, especially out, you know, throughout the book of Psalms, that we offer that praise to God. That is a ministry to God. Worship is not for us. <laughs> Worship is not for us to come hear the music or enjoy the songs or whatever. Worship is for God and praise is to God. And so ministry to God shifts our mindset and we say, Jesus, because you're so good, because you're so beautiful, because of what you've done for us, because of the cross, because of your resurrection, because of what you're like and what you've done, we are going to respond to you and offer you sacrifices. We're going to offer our lives to you. We're going to offer praise to you. We're going to offer worship back to you. And that's our ministry to you. So we offer, number one, living our bodies as living sacrifices. We offer a sacrifice of praise. Uh, number three, we offer prayer as ministry to the Lord. So Revelation 5, 8 talks about in, in heaven that there's these 24 elders that have harps and bowls, and the, they're playing these harps of worship and praise to God, and then they're offering this incense to God, and it says that incense is the prayers of the saints. So when we pray, when we talk to God, when we offer Him our cries, our prayers, our hearts, and we speak to him and we offer intercession to him. It says that that's like incense to God, that he smells it as a pleasing aroma. And you see that language all throughout the Old Testament when they were literally offering burnt offerings to God in Israel. God would say, that's a pleasing aroma to me. That He would use that kind of language, hmm. that their ministry to him was a pleasing aroma. And so again, God doesn't need anything. We're not helping God with anything, but to him, it's pleasing somehow. Isn't that amazing <laughs> that God enjoys and delights in our song and our prayers that when we come to him, 
that he enjoys that. Mm. And uh, like it says in Song of Solomon, you know, you've ravished my heart with one glance of your eye. Like when we set our eyes on Jesus to minister to him, to just offer our praise and our love to him, like it does something like he likes it. He receives it. He's he's breathes it in as something that's pleasing and, and fragrant to him. And that's amazing, isn't it? So that's our ministry to the Lord. You know, David tapped into this really kind of before a lot of other people did. He realized that God was not just interested in the burnt offerings, but there was something more that was going on. So you see a couple hints at this in the Psalms, like Psalm 141, 2. So there it is, just like Revelation 5. Let my prayer be before you as incense and the lifting of my hands as the evening sacrifice. So David got this idea that, okay, hold on. The real ministry God wants is not just, you know, sort of these outward forms and expressions, but he's realizing, wow, when I lift my hands, when I pray, when I engage with God in relationship with him, that's what really he's after. That's really what he's longing for. And that's really what moves him. You know, Psalm 51, where he says, the sacrifices God desires are broken in a contrite heart you know, those you will not despise. So David realized, okay, God's after our hearts. (laughs) He's after our love. He's after relationship and and engagement and interaction with him. And that's really our ministry to the Lord. That's really our our true worship that God is longing for. And so, I mean, I would would encourage people, you know, when you worship, when you pray, like literally imagine Jesus (laughs) in front of you, Uh, use your imagination and, and imagine him, whatever your best idea of Jesus is from the Bible, imagine him. And when you sing, when you pray, he's there, he's listening, he's receiving it. And if you're not imagining him smiling, <laughs> then you're probably not seeing it rightly. Jesus <laughs> is smiling, he's receiving your worship, your love, your prayers, he's hearing you, and he's happy to see us. And uh, and and that that is ministry to the Lord. And that's what we're actually made to do. That's what we're called to do, man. This is, this is why we exist. Matthew, and, um, can I, can I jump in real quick? I, please. Yeah. I, I wanted to, it's such an important thing you're saying because, you know, Matthew has kids as well as a dad, right? I mean, this is like the beauty of my relationship. I don't need my kids to do all the stuff I ask them to do. Right. right. But oh, there yeah. is something about that. When my, when my kids are like, dad, Wow. I was telling my kids to pick up their toys. They have these little bitty toys and I step on them. Right. Yeah. And I'm telling them to pick up the toys. And about a year ago, my, my daughter was six and we're walking through and I'm holding her hand and she steps on a toy and she's like, ow. And she goes, daddy, you're not just trying to make me pick up the toys because you don't like toys. It actually hurts me. And it was just like, Oh my gosh. And she was like wow. holding my hand and enjoying the relationship of who we were. And that that's what it was about for me. It wasn't that now she'll pick up the toys so I don't yeah. hurt myself. It was that, wow, her heart is so it's before me and together and we're experiencing that oneness in relationship. Yeah. And that that's so powerful what you were just saying. Yeah, so good. That's the heart of God. And and so ministry to the Lord is it is a responsibility, right? It is something God has given us as a responsibility as his sons and daughters, right? So so he loves us, period. We don't earn anything, you know, in terms of his love for us through our ministry to the Lord. 
but it is a responsibility, but it's also a joy. It's an invitation. He, he makes our responsibility something that's actually joyful and, <laughs> and something that's enjoyable because he's that good. Hey guys, this is Matthew. We'll get back to the episode in just a moment. If you're enjoying the podcast, please consider joining Presence Pioneers Premium, our brand new subscriber community. Paid subscribers will get exclusive premium content, such as bonus podcast episodes, exclusive articles, early releases, and more. Presence Pioneers will be releasing its first e-course in 2024 with many more to come. And the Presence Pioneers premium subscribers will always have full access to the entire library of online courses. Visit media.presencepioneers.org or click the link in the description to join today. You can become a premium member today for an introductory price of only $5 a month. When the price goes up in the future, as our library of resources grows, you can stay subscribed at the original price. If you've enjoyed our podcast for a while, becoming a premium member is a simple way for you to help us cover the cost of producing this podcast and partner with Presence Pioneers in equipping the church with resources for day and night prayer, prophetic worship, missions, and revival. Visit media.presencepioneers.org to sign up today. So it's not something we just do only for duty. It is something we, we should do. But when we enter into that, in obedience, we actually experience great joy and delight. And in my experience, we always receive more than we ever give. <laughs> you know, when we when we spend time with the Lord, it's like, I love you, God. And he sends it back five million times. You know, it's like, okay. <laughs> you know, that's that's just how good God is. Yeah, well, I'd love to I'd love to also mention, you know, ministry to God, ministry to the Lord, ministry to Jesus, that the Bible paints this picture that that is actually something we should prioritize. Uh, that it's not only every Christian's ministry, but it really should, it's our first ministry. It's, it should be our, our starting place for our life, for our ministry, for everything that we do, uh, should be rooted in intimacy with Jesus in being in his presence, worshiping him, praying to him, ministering to him. Uh, I have a quote here from Sean Foyt who started the burn 24 seven. It's from his book, fire and fragrance that he wrote with Andy bird. He says, when the church comes back to ministry to the heart of God, revival comes back to the church. And when revival comes back to the church, the church transforms the world. So a lot of people have this, they want to change the world. They want to see amazing things happen. A lot of people have vision for, you know, justice or healing or, the, or evangelism or all these different great ministries that we want to see and that God wants to see. But we have to get first things first. And when the, I, I believe that this is true when, when we have to start with ministry to God and then we as the church from that place of being with him, we are revived, we're awakened, we're empowered, we're anointed, we're prepared, and then the church can be that uh, vessel of transformation in the earth. But it, it all starts with ministry to the Lord. That's the, that's the pattern uh, that you see throughout the Bible. And Jesus, start. I mean, he started the whole church this way, right? In the book of Acts, he said, go tarry. Uh, in the upper room, pray, and then you'll receive power. 
And that power, you know, like the quote I just read from Sean, when you minister to God, revival comes to the church and then the church transforms the world. And that's the pattern you see right there in the beginning of the book of Acts. They prayed, God's power came, they were awakened, they were filled with boldness. They started preaching the gospel and changing Jerusalem. And you see that all throughout the scriptures. Uh, this is the pattern that David used. You know, the presence of God was central. Ministry to the Lord was central in his personal life and in his leadership when he took over Jerusalem and, and established the tabernacle of David, uh, the tent of, of day and night worship there. Uh, think about Jesus where he said, what's the, what's the greatest commandment? He says, the first commandment is to love God with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength, and then to love your neighbor as yourself. So we've got to get first things first. That, that ministry to the Lord, it, you know, needs to be priority in our lives. You know, so many times things fight against that. They distract us. We want to be busy with something. Uh, we want to feel more productive, maybe. It feels a little silly ministering to someone we can't see, <laughs> singing and praying to somebody that we can't see or hear sometimes. But if we would really believe that God hears us and sees us uh, and delights in our in our worship, it will change everything. And if we stay, if we set ourselves in that place, it will change us and it will also prepare us for all that God's called us to do. And that all the things God wants to do with our lives to change the world, to love others, to impact the nations, all those things are an overflow of first and foremost ministering to God and being before him. So let's see. Mike Bickle says there's lovers and they're workers and the lovers get more work done than the workers. So <laughs> I love that. I think about Mary and Martha, you know, that Martha was busy with many things. Mary was sitting at the feet of Jesus. What a picture of ministry to the Lord, ministry to Jesus. Mary was sitting there, Luke 10. And uh, Jesus said, one thing is needed, and Mary's chosen the better part. Of course, one thing, it doesn't mean that you really only need to sit around and pray. Like, obviously, we have other things we have to do, right? <laughs> Got to pick up the toys off the floor, right? And record, <laughs> record podcast episodes. But there's lots of things we all have to do. But the point is, if you get the one thing right, then all the other things are going to fall into place. It's like a domino effect. So the, the one thing means, and David said that too, right? Psalm 27, for one thing I've desired to dwell in the house of the Lord, to gaze upon his beauty. So if we get those, that one thing right, then everything else flows from that. So with prioritizing this, uh, again, I want, I want to come back to this idea of being a priesthood. And I, and I do want, I want us to understand that this is actually our, like I said, it's our original purpose in God and it's our eternal calling. So I want to briefly just look at Genesis and Revelation because I want us to understand the significance of this. In the garden, when God created Adam and Eve, you know, a lot of people have certain ideas of what that looked like and, and why did God create humanity? Why did he put them in the garden? And what you actually see when you begin to study this out is that Adam and Eve were put in the garden to be priests and kings, that they were put there to be a royal priesthood, and that ministry to the Lord was actually central to their original purpose. And that may not be clear immediately uh, when you just read through Genesis 1 and 2. For me, I, I live in North Carolina, and and I think of a garden is the tomato garden that my dad had growing up. And so I think when Adam and Eve were put in the garden, I'm, in, I'm envisioning vegetables. Some people might envision flowers or something like that. 
and so God gives Adam and Eve this commandment, and depending on what you, how you envision the garden, you might interpret it differently. But in Genesis 2.15, it says, The Lord God took man and put him in the garden to tend and keep it. And so you might think that means he needed to water the plants and trim up the bushes and that kind of thing. But when you get into the language of this, you realize that Moses, who wrote the book of Genesis, is using priestly language. So Moses wrote the book of Genesis, and in the time of Moses, the tabernacle was moving around, and all of Israel was centered around this tabernacle and this presence of God right in the middle of it. The Levites and the priests were taking care of it. And the language that Moses uses here when he says tend and keep, those two words, when you see those words together in the Scripture they almost always are related to the Levites taking care of the tabernacle. And so what you begin to see is that Eden was actually a tabernacle, that God's purpose for the Garden of Eden was to be a sanctuary of his presence, and that Adam and Eve's responsibility and job was to tend and to keep the sanctuary of God, the tabernacle of God, in the Garden of Eden. So you've got these two words, tend and to keep. The first word, tend, it really means to attend to or to serve or even to worship. And and so you could think of it as uh, attending to God. You could actually, that word, that word tend, you could really think about it as ministry to the Lord. That Adam was called to tend to God, to attend to God, to serve God in the garden, and then to keep the garden, to keep it. And that word keep really is to steward to serve and to guard. And so Adam's responsibility, when you just read it, you go, oh, he's supposed to take care of vegetables and, and the, the flowers and the plants. But when you realize the, the people of God, Israel, they would have read that and they would have immediately understood that Adam and Eve were put in the garden to take care of it, just like the Levites were taking care of that tabernacle. They would said, okay, they're called to minister to God and to host the presence of God and to do this priestly activity just like the Levites were. So there's a um, you know a theologian, I, I know you've read some of, some of his books, G.K. Beale. He dives into this so much deeper than we could ever get into it today. But he has you know hundreds of pages looking at this idea of the tabernacle and the temple. But the important thing is to know this is why God created Adam and Eve. And when he gives them this command, be fruitful and multiply, fill the earth, what he's actually saying is fill the earth with worship. (laughs) He's saying, let what I'm doing in Eden, you're ministering to me and keep that place as a place of worship, steward it, guard it so that that's a place, a dwelling place for me, a resting place of my presence. And then have babies, let them spread Eden all over the earth so that my glory covers the earth as the waters cover the sea, because there's going to be people worshiping and ministering to me all over the earth. Man, that's epic. That's amazing. <laughs> that like That's the vision of worship. Like worship is a huge deal to God. That's why he created us so that the earth would be filled with his glory and filled with people worshiping him and his glory inhabiting our praise uh, and his presence filling our worship. And that's our calling and that we would steward the earth with him as the sanctuary of his presence and glory. So like when we enter into ministry to the Lord and we're sitting in our rooms and there's no one in, in the room and we're staring at the wall 
and we sing to him, we're connected to that vision that God has in his heart, that the earth would be filled with his glory. And we're entering into our purpose, our original purpose, the original calling of humanity. And, and it seems so small in the moments when we're standing there and we're we're trying to pray and, and we're singing to a camera because everything is weird this year with COVID. And it's like, <laughs> but we're, we have a vision that we're ministering to God. Not only does he receive it as incense, like we talked about, and he's pleased. And, and that's first and foremost, it's unto him. But then also you can sometimes, it's encouraging to like zoom out and realize, oh man, I'm doing this, but I'm joining with thousands of others and millions of others. And God's raising up a chorus of worship all over the earth and a royal priesthood that would minister to him. And you see uh, at the end of the story, Revelation you know, 1 and Revelation 5, you see these, this idea of kings and priests again. You see that, that same theme repeated that forever and ever, our calling is to be priests and kings unto God. We're going to be ministering to God forever. And we can do that now. And God's restoring in Jesus all of his original intent with Adam and Eve, which was, you know, the Eden would fill the earth. And when Jesus returns, he's going to establish his kingdom in fullness. And that's what's going to happen. You know, we're going to be priests and kings to God forever. And um, and so that's pretty amazing. I mean, it, it puts to me, I go, OK, this is a big deal. Like this isn't this is a huge honor that we get to stand before God and sing to him, to pray to him, to offer our love to him, to interact with him. And he invites us to do that. And uh, we get to be a part of his his epic plan for the earth. So, yeah, I'll, I'll, I think I'll leave it there. This, that's pretty big picture and epic, but uh, it's it's pretty amazing, isn't it? Wow, bro. Thank you so much. Listen, if that didn't just like touch your heart, and awaken like what it is that we're doing and why we're doing it. That's everything. You know, it's so amazing, Matthew. I, I know that when I uh, walk through my life of being a musician, right, as that played professionally and on the charts, like my life was playing every night, okay, and performing. My personal life was just playing the piano and singing to Jesus, right? But my night after night after night, and there's nothing wrong with that. Like that, it doesn't mean that this is the only way, right? Like you said, it's, there's a first, there's a first fruit, right? Yeah. And, but I didn't have this understanding yet in my life. And so what ended up happening, carrying over in so much of my life is everything that I did, I judged by how many people got saved, by how many people got healed. And I actually went through, you know, a four or five year time where the pressure of, did revival not come because of me? <laughs> Did people wow. not get healed tonight because I didn't pray long enough or I didn't do <laughs> this? And it just gets skewed, you know what I mean? Because it's like that whole Acts 2, just go, wait, pray, yeah, seek me, and then my power will come upon you. And then there'll be joy. And then there'll be your priest, there'll be boldness, right? And then there'll be preaching and then there'll be people coming to Christ and then you'll pray some more and then you'll experience the joy again. And then there'll be more boldness and then there'll be more preaching and there'll be more that come to Christ, you know? Yeah. And it's such a beautiful, beautiful uh, strategy that the Lord has. Matthew, thank you so much, man, for uh, doing this with me today. And uh, man, just I appreciate you and appreciate you what you're doing in the secret 
and in the nation, man. And uh, I know that God has an amazing plan in these years ahead to use you to spur on the body of Christ and to equip them, man, this, this message that what we do matters. What we're doing yeah. in the secret actually matters. Listen, I'm going to give Matthew a, a minute to, I want you to close in just a minute, Matthew, just a exhortation and just speak into people's hearts. But before he does, if you've been walking through this season and you're like, man, why is it difficult for me to worship on a camera? Why is it difficult? There may be more than just one reason, but I want to challenge you. Start with, is your life, are you prioritizing his presence? Are you prioritizing the priesthood, your priestly function in your own life before anything else? You know, being a Christian for 30-something years, we've been through quiet times. We've been through all kinds of things that people call it. But the point of it all is just to experience the Lord, for you to be able to gaze upon His delight and for you to experience that nearness. I always tell my kids, you know why we had you? We had you because we wanted to love you. Do you know why the Lord made you? He made you because he wanted to love you. He made you for love. He's not just some God-hungry God that's going, I'm going to come up with a plan that everyone will worship me, right? <laughs> he doesn't need our worship. He loves it. And he yeah. loves that, that heart that comes to him like, Daddy, man, what were you thinking when you made that? Wow. When I read that verse today, it made me realize that your heart, wow, what were you, what's that make you feel like when this happens? Those conversations with the Lord. Worship is not a duty, but it is a responsibility. I love that, Matthew. I love that. It's not our duty, but it is our responsibility. Listen, with my wife, Matthew, with your wife, with your kids, right? Carving out time is not a duty, but it is our responsibility. And if I don't, all kinds of negative effects in our relationship is going to be really weird. You know, <laughs> it's the same thing with the Lord. Matthew, we just exhort us today with the, any closing thoughts, man. Yeah. Thank you so much, Cassidy. It's been uh, great to be able to share with you guys. I'll share one more scripture. Second Chronicles 29, 11. This is reestablishing the tabernacle of David. And here's what he has to say. He says, my sons do not be negligent now for the Lord has chosen you to stand before him, to serve him and that you should minister to him and burn incense. And I just want to encourage everybody. This is God's word to us. I believe God has chosen you. He's chosen me. He's chosen us. Uh, and we should not be negligent. Now we should not be negligent to engage with God, to stand before him, to serve him, to minister to him, to burn incense, which again is that prayer to interact with him. God loves us so much and he invites us into this. And I want to encourage you and even real quick, if I can, Lord, I just pray anybody that watches this, God, draw their heart to you. God, raise up a priestly people that know how to minister to you, to be in your presence and touch your heart and partner with you. God, draw people to you to stand before you. Give us grace. Help us in Jesus' name. Hey, everybody. Thank you so much for tuning in today. 
Again, please hit subscribe if you have not yet. And please share this with your friends, share this with your community, share it on social media. We appreciate that. If you're on YouTube, give us a little thumbs up. If you're on Apple, give us a rating or review. All that stuff helps us so much. And do not forget God's presence changes everything. Mm -hmm.